guys and welcome to another episode of Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Sierra. I'm Dylan. I'm Erica. And tonight we're going to be talking about two of Rob Zombie's movies. We're going to talk about House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects. Enjoy. Howdy folks. You like blood, violence, freaks of nature? On a stormy Halloween night... Four young people set out across the back roads of America. What's that? It's a hitchhiker. What, should we stop? We can't leave right here in the rain. In search of a mysterious figure known only as... Dr. Satan. Do you know anything about the legend of Dr. Satan? Yeah, I can show you. Dr. Satan! Ah, Dr. Satan! What they uncovered... Yeah, you ain't seen nothing yet is the most horrifying and shocking tale of carnage ever seen. Well, I bet you'd stick your head in the fire if I told you you could see hell. You seen this girl? Yeah, they want to play Nancy Drew with this local legend that people call Dr. Satan. Stupid kids probably got themselves lost. Let's get out of this nut house. The boogeyman is real. And you found him. Uh, we're going to start out by talking about House of a Thousand Corpses, which was released in 2003, directed by Rob Zombie. Um, this movie follows two couples that are driving around Texas in search of urban legends. Um, they this, were writing a book, weren't they? They are writing a book about urban legends. Yeah, it was like attractions and stuff around. Based on yeah, urban legends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, this search brings them to Captain Spaulding, who own, runs a gas station that has like this really crazy weird attraction on famous murderers that they go through and they learn about Dr. Satan which Captain Spaulding very nicely points them in the direction of where to find like his gravestone his gravestone or like the tree that he was hung from or something like that Dr. Satan yeah (laughs) and uh that's how they stumble upon this really sadistic family of murderers the Firefly family yep say that ten times fast Firefly family but no no (laughs) (laughs) And um, it kind of just takes off from there, and they, well... Things seem normal they, at first. They, uh, not so much normal, but, like, they're sitting there, they're watching TV with the family. But they're definitely a strange family, and you get that, and then they're like, oh, we're gonna put on a show for you. And then uh, the daughter, baby, dresses up like Betty Boop, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, um... Boop, boop, bitty. Yeah, and, like, does a show, and then... Things just start going downhill from there. Uh, they all get killed. Yeah. Uh, the two guys in the movie are Chris Hardwick and Rain Wilson, who... Dwight from The Office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets turned into a mermaid. Yeah. It's definitely out there, but it, it was funny seeing them. It was nice to see, like, those familiar faces in And it. speaking of some of the actors in the movie, this has a huge, huge, huge presence from horror films. Mm-hmm. Bill Mosley, who is probably most famous for his role in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 as Chop Top. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise being one of my favorite franchises in horror, it was so fun to see him in another role, especially something that was so recent. I mean, he's still doing horror, but it's very, like, like low-budget, like, indie horror. Which I, I love that he still does that, because that's honestly, like... He loves doing it. Yeah, too. exactly. He likes the B-movies, and, and he does great in them, and he's, he's just just a, a great horror presence, you know, and he, he just, I feel like it's just his soul, you know? He's, I don't know, he's, he's, he's a very special presence in horror, which Eric has never seen the second Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You bring this up every week now. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna, we're gonna have to watch it this week. I feel like 
every episode, Sira brings up Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Literally every episode, Sira brings up Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Passionate bitch. Um, I think this movie has a real, has a lot of great aspects to it. Um, it's another one that has that does a lot, a lot with lighting. Yes. Um, to set a mood, to make it feel eerie. Um, there's a ton of great actors in this movie. They all did great, and it's funny because a lot of them are comedic a- actors, and they did have aspects of humor and comedy, but I wouldn't call this a comedic horror. No, I you definitely know? don't think that's it. There's at all. quirky and funny things to it, but at, at the end of the day, it's very dark. Oh yeah. Like sadistic humor. It's not. It's not. It's a Rob Zombie movie. Oh yeah, it's, it's totally one hundred percent Rob Zombie. And I think this this is the movie that really set him apart from other directors of that time. Well, this was his first movie. It, well, yeah, it was, but the, that's what I'm saying is that he went a very different direction for the two thousands. Mm-hmm. He kind of brought back to nineteen seventies slashers. Yeah, it did have a seventies feel. It took place in the seventies, also. Yeah, mm-hmm, it did, and and I think that's a, a reason why I do like this movie so much. It does bring me back a lot to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> so I said the same thing though when I, the, I remember watching it for the first time, and it's that's exactly it's got mm-hmm. to me. It's got it pays a lot of homage to that, and it, I it's it definitely got that. does. I mean, right back down to Bill Mosley being in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know but it's he. Just, it's got those vibes. It definitely does. And it's, it's, um, I really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the character Baby is a very interesting character played by Sherry Moon, who is gorgeous. Um, she seems like a very nice person, honestly. Like, every, every anything that I've seen her in, she, she, she does well for what she's doing. Um, but I think her character is really interesting because she's very manipulative, especially towards men. Um, she comes off very sweet and kind of seductive. And she, I think she makes men feel comfortable and safe, in a way. And then she's shit hits the face. Yeah, she's really she she destroy. She's a destroyer, and, I kind and of she's sick, off. and she's fucked up, you know. And and although I feel like when you describe a strong woman lead, it's the it's the 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 final girl, the good guy. And she's a strong female lead, and she's the villain. She's the bad person, not the only bad person, but she's she's the villain of of the movie and and I think that's a really fun way to look at it because you don't always see that. I've really flip-flopped with her too as an actress because I mean these were the only things that I had seen her in. And she only does Rob Zombie movies you know. Yeah. Um, These were the only things I had seen her in because these were the first things that she was in and then um, after watching movies like Lords of Salem I kind of thought like okay she's a bad actress because the character of Baby is so over the top, but then you see her in Lords of Salem and it's a totally different character. So then you kind of think, okay, well then she's acting that part, which makes it good acting. Yeah, yeah, she's playing that role. Yeah, I've really flip-flopped with that whole thing. Um, I put off watching this movie for a long time because I'm probably going to get torn apart by this uh, after this episode comes out, (laughs) but I was not a fan of The Devil's Rejects uh, when I first watched it. And I watched The Devil's Rejects before this movie. So I had to really convince you to watch this one. (laughs) Watching The Devil's Rejects, I was like, I don't really have any interest in watching House of a Thousand Corpses. And yeah, I think Sierra was like, it is absolutely nothing like The Devil's Rejects. It could be a totally different movie. And I eventually watched it when I was home alone one night. And I actually really enjoyed this movie after watching it. Um, There were some things that I didn't enjoy so much. Um, Mainly... Bill Mosley's character. That I, I'm Otis. very, I'm very uh, queasy when it comes to rape 
and rape in movies, and we've talked about that in past episodes a little bit. So his character, who is just like kidnaps cheerleaders, rapes them, rapes their dead mutilates bodies, them. mutilates them. It was just something that I really didn't care to see too much. But um, he was still a creepy character. They, I, I think that was the big takeaway was everyone in this movie was a very creepy character. And then that's not even adding the whole plot in with Dr. Satan at the end, which was a whole nother level of scary on top mm-hmm. of that. Um, but the going back, the thing that I didn't enjoy so much were the like in-between scenes, like psychedelic. Like I said with Lords of Salem, the ending, it's very much like a Rob Zombie music video. <laughs> and that's what I... Well, that's like... That's what I think is so unique about him is that like he's one of the few actors where you can you can look at it and you can say, you know, this is so and so. Like you can watch his movies and aside from the fact that his wife's in all of them, you can you can clearly look at him and be like, that's a Rob Zombie movie. Mm-hmm. It's like Quentin Tarantino. You can look at any Quentin Tarantino movie and yeah. say this is Quentin Tarantino. Guy Ritchie's the same way. There's just certain directors that have, they don't lose themselves. Like how, it's not very often that you watch a movie and you, you can watch it and say like, it's a true work of art from that director. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times movie ideas get pitched and directors and, and producers and everything, they pick them up and it's, it's an idea and they're like, yeah, I could, I can visualize this. I can see this. And they're like, let's do it. Where he writes but it doesn't sh- it doesn't really necessarily like portray who they are or like mm-hmm. it doesn't give a good precise I guess like I get I'm trying to find the words to describe it so it doesn't give like a clear like concise like picture of who they are as an artist mm-hmm. because when you what it boils down to is that as a director it's an art you're mm-hmm. it, it's a form of art and Rob Zombie does so well with that. Mm-hmm. And he he takes the first off he writes them and so he he touches base on so many things. He's writing them, he's producing them, he's directing them. And they really show just kind of like this this person. And it's it's so interesting to see how that like how that unfolds. And it's so cool to kind of just see like this is a complete work of art that was his his vision from beginning to end, and it's just like it's cool to see that, and and it's it, to me it's cool because you don't see that in a lot of a lot of movies or art in general. You know what I mean? Everything is is based off of something else, and while he subtly pays homage to different errors and different. Um, horror movies and different stuff for the most part his ideas are, are very, very original and like yeah, oh yeah. they're unique and i think that's why i i appreciate him so much yeah they, th- there are a lot of things that you don't see in other movies that he does but especially in this and very much so in the devil's rejects which there was a lot of points that sierra brought up while we were watching the devil's rejects that i was thinking but it we we kind of had that same thought process uh, to, to add what you're saying to erica about how he does he does his art you know nobody's gonna tell rob zombie how to do his art um even when he has to cut stuff out of his movies to get a an r rating so that they can go into theaters he adds it all back in for the for the releases dvd releases mm-hmm. so he may cut it out so that it's able to be released widely but he does, he always puts it back together how he wanted it originally. Mm-hmm. So you, I feel like you have to respect that, that, you know what, okay, I'm going to appease you a little bit, but I'm going to fix it later, assholes, <laughs> you know? Like, I feel like he's like, all right, you're going to think you're getting what you want, but really you're not. Um, 
this is honestly from like what I would consider modern horror movies. This is probably one, maybe my favorite modern horror movie. And what I'm considering modern is anything after like 99. I'm a huge fan of the 70s horror range. Um, I like those those types of movies. So obviously with the style of this one, it's yeah, right it's... up my alley. It's definitely a movie I'd like. But I feel like it does take that era of horror, but it adds so much uniqueness to it. The storyline of them, you know, creating the the mer boy and all of that, like, and, and displaying it in this creepy amusement ride. Mm-hmm. That is so unique and so far out there, you know? And I just, I don't even know where he came up with this idea. Like, I can't comprehend having this genius horror move like whatever like these scenes in your head how did you come up with the lighting and the sets and all that it's crazy so much stuff in this i mean you have you have like the whole killer crazy fucking clown you have a psycho backwoods family you have this demonic entity you have like these uh, tiny in the basement yeah yeah you have i mean you have aspects of um like, the occult. I mean, he touched base on so yeah, many Yeah, there's Satanism in it. There's all sorts of stuff in it. And it's funny because a lot of times you're like, what are you doing? That's too much. But he did it in a way where everything meshed. It flows. It did. That's, it's that's so good. I can't go on enough, and I know I've already brought it up um, for this episode, but the lighting, especially towards the end when the girl's in the rabbit suit and she's crawling around those tunnels underground, that the lighting throughout that, like, those really red lighting. Oh. So but he, he did that similar with, in Lords of Salem. Yeah. Right? And that that is one of my favorite things. And that was something I even touched on. Yeah, we talked with, about that a lot with in that Suspiria. Is that I I like I like when it's certain things are h- highlighted. Mm-hmm. And the use of color to highlight a, a feeling or to spark mm-hmm. a feeling like it gives it, you anxiety. Yeah, that and that and that the the red light to me is always like it just does something. And I, and I don't know if that's like actual, like psychological, sure uh, scientifically is, yeah. based well, psychological. I mean, well, no, I, it, it, it is because, what, but. you know, they say like if you want to feel calm, you paint a room blue. Yeah. If you want to feel like red makes you angry, it makes you anxious. And it also makes you hungry, which is why McDonald's is red and yellow because red and yellow makes you hungry. So there you go. And anxious. And anxious. <laughs> Damn, I need to make Donald's. Um, no. We brought it up in a past, um, actually, our Artist Spotlight episode that we did recently. Um, what I love about Rob Zombie is, and really, actually, a lot of, like, anybody involved in this movie is, you see these characters and you see the things that he comes up with, and they're so, like, vile and hostile. And then you get Rob Zombie, who is, like, vegan animal rights yeah <laughs> very very good person good person yeah and um we watched an interview oh, and i love i brought it. i brought it up in the uh, artist spotlight episode also if anybody's heard that um in an interview somebody said asked them like what is it what's your inspiration what's your inspiration like you make these sick sick movies and he said like my movies aren't sick no movies are sick real life is sick and I'm able to draw so much inspiration from real life because of how messed up real life is. He's like, movies aren't scary. Real life is scary. Mm-hmm. And that just stuck with me. And it really made me Respect. go in with a more open mind when I watch these movies. Because, like I said, like I don't do rape very well. But, you know, 
it's weird because I can read true crime books all day that go into very vivid detail about that stuff. But um, it's different it's, when you're reading it and seeing it. Yeah, and but it's... on top of that, also, I mean, you have Sid Haig who plays Captain Spaulding and um, Bill Mosley who plays Otis, some of the nicest people ever in real life, but they're playing these sick, sick, sadistic people in this movie. And like, I think it shows you, too, uh, going into that, the level of of how well of actors they yeah, are. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it shows you, really, how talented they are. And I... But um, I, I think that what... And something we touched on last week in, with the Jeepers Creepers episode mm-hmm. uh, was in, in, the second, in the second movie in the Jeepers Creepers series was that they had a ton of characters and nobody had decent character development. Whereas watching this, there were quite a few what I would consider main characters. But they were really developed. they were all well developed. And I think, like, this to me, it's an all-around well movie. I I think that cinematically and looking at it from, like, an art piece and the directing and the cinematography and the lighting and even the music choices, it's solid. And then you watch it from, like, a, a storyline. Like, how was the storyline? And it, it, it's got a really awesome storyline. Mm-hmm. It's got a unique storyline. And it's all... It flows well. And it's just, like... To me, it's... It, to me, watching these movies, they're, like, very out there, solid, like, pieces of art. Like, yeah, that's agree. how I view them. And, and I view them, like, yeah, they're... They're, they're sick, and, and they do make you feel uncomfortable, and Rob Zombie is extremely good at making you feel uncomfortable when you're watching his films, but they're solid fucking pieces of art. Like, that's just how I view them. I view them as just really awesome pieces of art. Adding on to what you said, too, about uh, Jeepers Creepers last week, I know you said with Jeepers Creepers, the first one, like, you get really bad anxiety watching it. These movies, holy shit. Like, I remember the first time watching this, um, I was home alone one night at my dad's, I was younger, still in high school, um, and, you know, I'm sitting there watching, and just, while everything's going on with the family, I'm just sitting there on the edge of my seat, like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, and then you get to the part where she goes underground, and the whole Dr. Satan thing, and it was almost like the reverse, because... With the family, I'm on the edge of my seat, like, holy shit, holy shit. And then the part where she's underground, I'm kind of, like, sitting back, like, I nope, don't want to be nope. Yeah, <laughs> no, and that's exactly it. And that, that, that for me, too, I, I enjoyed it because it was, like, it was a, a reverse buildup to what you had yeah. with, um, with Jeepers Creepers. So with Jeepers Creepers, you had this crazy, intense buildup in the beginning and then this kind of, like, eh, at the end. And even even with this, though, I don't feel that it was like that. I feel like it was it was a really nice build up from beginning to end. It very it transitioned very well. It, it had a good flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think something else that's really unique about this movie, and you guys can disagree with me if you if you would like. Um, I feel like its main characters were were the Firefly family. I don't feel that it was the victims. They were an important aspect of the movie, but I feel like the character development focused more on the family than it did. Which was a very unique spin yeah, on a whole no, movie. I loved because it most... because usually it's on the side yes. of the victim where this is, was showing more from the side of the family. It showed the side of the victim, obviously, because the first part of the movie is following them through Kevin's, like, the gas station and all that. And then once they meet the family, it's like it develops them very quickly and very fast and, like, what aspect they have where um, Sherry Moon, baby if you will, she lures them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, hey, I'm caught out in the rain and I need to ride home. Will you bring me home? They bring her home, 
and she's the one who gets them there, and it's like Bill Mosley mutilates, tortures, you know, whatever he does, and then they have Tiny, who's in the basement. You know, every person has their important aspect, and then Mom's just fucking nuts. I like to... And, but, like, there's also Captain Spaulding, though, that points them in the right direction. Yeah. This is where you're going to go. I like to... I do like the characters that they made the victims also, though, because... It's not it's just because t- you like Dwight from the office. Not, not even that, but it's not like your typical movie where it's like some shitty teenagers are partying or they're on their way to some party. No, they're doing something break. weird to go to. Yeah, they're, they're very relatable. They're going around. Yeah, but I mean, I think that any, like, they're very nerdy, relatable people that are very, I'd say very innocent. Honestly, I think I'm Chris Hardwick. I think that they were very innocent people where a lot of the times with, say, slasher movies, you get these teens that are partying, drinking, doing drugs, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have these kids that are really, they're just minding their own business. Well, that, and, that also goes into their previous victims, too. They had cheerleaders. They had, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Um, They had stuff, pe- people like that that are truly innocent. They didn't do anything to end up there except maybe ask for some directions. Mm-hmm. And that, 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 at the end of the day, was their biggest mistake. I wouldn't have trusted that clown with directions anyway. I'd see him and honestly be like, <laughs> no, absolutely fuck not. this, his teeth are rotten. No, I, no. Nope. I love Captain Spaulding as a character, though. I think that he's very <laughs> over-the-top funny, but he's very, like, I don't take bullshit from anybody. Yeah. <laughs> see, I, I follow um, Rob Zombie on Instagram. And it's not because, like, I'm a crazy fan of his or anything. I think he's, he's great. But um, I'm just I'm interested in the, in the the people that make the movies I love so much. You know, I'm interested in, in who they are outside of their life in horror. You know what I mean? So you wouldn't believe how frequently he posts pic- pic- pictures of people who have Captain Spaulding tattoos. <laughs> like I would not like I love these movies. I love these characters, and eventually I do want like a horror themed piece. But Captain Spaulding, I no. I couldn't commit to I th- that. I think it's because that's really the closest to, like, I mean, I wouldn't even say the closest. It is. Like, that's, I feel like that's Rob Zombie's icon. Like, his staple in mm-hmm. horror was he was able to create that character that resonates with the rest of the Well, work. yeah, seriously. I mean, it, it, Captain Spaulding at this point is as recognizable as Chucky or Jason or Freddy yeah. or any of those. You know, he's up there and recognizable. Now, it's a totally different era, a totally different character, but he is equally I think equally as recognizable as I, any I of those. I think that Rob Zombie is one of the few who have successfully made a character like that since the since the 80s. Well, I guess there was um, Ghostface, but I think the end fucked me up the most. Like the whole Doctor Satan thing was a very scary thing, and like the makeup and everything with that was very terrifying. And the guy with get, getting, like, drilled in the head by him and shit, like, it's just, it like, a so creepy creep. And I like it, too, because up to that point, you kind of get this, like, is there even a Dr. Satan, or is that just the story that they tell like, to lure these people mm-hmm. to the Firefly Farm? Firefly Farm. Um, what a name. <laughs> but, you know, you do. You get that, yes, it is real. It's very real, and it's... I think the moment where you go, like, oh, shit, this is actually legit, is when they drop her underground, and she sees that, like, fucking yeah. person, like, hunched over or whatever the fuck, like, wandering around the halls and shit, and it's just such a... I think this is one of the very few horror movies where I'm not rooting for the victims. <laughs> like, in this one, when she got out at the end, and she's, like, she runs, and 
She, she thinks that she's safe and she gets in the car with Captain Spaulding. I'm like, yes! He's gonna bring that bitch back! It's funny, though, because... <laughs> Not to get ahead too much, but when we watched Devil's Rejects, when they were escaping, you were like, I want them to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, he, he is one of the few directors that I feel like he kind of does that. Like, he does so well at developing kind of the the bad guy mm-hmm. that you, you sickly yeah. enough, you want to root for him. You're yeah. like, yeah, I get I, them. Yeah, sometimes, like, he, sometimes he develops the bad guy too much and it turns shitty. Halloween. <laughs> Just keep writing your own stuff, Rob Zombie. That's where you do well. Just leave out the white ponies, buddy. No, I agree. I'm, I'm glad that I did give this movie a, sh- a chance when I did because it has become a favorite of mine, it's, for sure. I, it's it's so solid. Like, um, I think there's one other movie where I said there's like not a thing I can sit and complain about, and that's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So it's up high for me because Texas Chainsaw Massacre is hey, It's, it's definitely head. high for me. Now, in this, um, in this movie, this is the first one of... Uh, a two-part series. Otis, who's a, a pretty important character, he's one of the fireflies. He has like that long, long white hair, and he's got he he's albino, right? That's the yeah. that's what he's supposed to look like. He's supposed to look albino, uh, which I think adds like a really, really creepy factor to him. Like that just. Mm. Um, but he's probably to me. The worst out of all of them, probably the sickest. Yeah, I agree. I think it. I think it develops that more in Devil's Rejects, also. Yeah, I, well, because I missed a whole aspect, and I've watched House of a Thousand Corpses quite a few times, and I missed that whole like aspect of like rape and molestation. And then when we watched the Devil's Rejects, I was like, whoa, yeah. whoa, what is he doing? <laughs> and then like Dylan's like, see, like that was. I, was like, I must have decided to cut that out of my brain. <laughs> Because I don't remember that, but um, I definitely think that he's the sickest of all of them. Like, they're all fucked up horribly, but I think that he's the worst. Personally, I think the best off is probably Tiny, and that's probably because I feel that he's very manipulated. He's kind of like Leatherface. I love when it shows him uh, when the girl's tied up downstairs, and he comes down, and he's, like, eating cereal, and he's, like, very sloppy. With the the mask on? Or did he take the mask off? I love the idea that it's a whole family. Mm-hmm. I think so. They even have a grandpa in the first yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the same way. Because, like, when you think of, like, when you think of killers and you think of the type of people that do these very real gruesome things that you, you see in this, you always think of one person. Mm-hmm. And 90% of it, you can say, you think of, like, a single white male. That's, the, like, 90% of... Set of serial, serial killers, killers yeah. exactly. But, so, like... When you get when you get something that it, one is not only just a, a male but you also are bringing a female into it, it the the psychological development there and you can see you can see that within their character development and it's just like it's so crazy but then you start adding like other members of the family and like if you just like if you take the whole movie like aside and you take all of that out and you just think about the acts that were done and you think about a family doing that, it's just like, holy shit, like... They're, they've got a good bond. Yeah, like, what kind <laughs> of, like... We're, like, it, it's just crazy. Because, like, you would think that out of all of them that there would be that one to be like, oh, let's not do this. This isn't but, right! Yeah, they're all no, like, nah, they're fuck, like it. fuck it. We're all going to hell anyway, and we like that. Um, I think something that's really awesome about this movie, too, is that it took a known idea. It took a very similar idea to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but totally changed it and made it its own. Like, 
I do not feel at all that it is copying from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I know that it's similar. Family lives in a rundown farmhouse, kills people, sadistic, all psycho. But uh, I feel like they're totally different movies, totally different characters. Even um, Bill Mosley, who plays Chop Top and Otis, I feel like although his character has a similar, similar demeanors, I feel like they're very different characters. Um, I feel that in uh, House of Thousand Corpses, he's much more serious than he was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. He was kind of funny wearing his Sonny Bono wig and all that. But um, in this movie, I feel like he's a much more serious like lead character where I feel that Chop Top was kind of... He tried to be the lead, I feel, but he took he always took shit from his dad. So I feel like in this one, he Otis is a much stronger character. Um, a much more interesting character, too, in, in that um, I feel like he has a bigger part of everything. I like that in this movie, um, it shows the character of Wydell, the cop who becomes, like, the one hunting them the most in The Devil's Rejects. I like that he's, like, a very brief character in this movie but he comes back as such an important character in the mm. second one and and he really gets it well we'll talk about that later yeah um one thing that i thought was interesting about this movie was rob zombie when filming this movie was would film like two different he would film scenes twice one with a lot of blood and gore and one without a lot of blood and gore and that was because uh the movie was being released by universal and he didn't. He knew that there was going to be issues as far as him having to cut content. So that he didn't have to refilm later. Right. Um. Or just cut parts in general, like certain death scenes and everything. And uh, I guess you can see it in some parts, like the way the lighting is. Like sometimes the lighting's a lot more red, and sometimes it's a lot more white, and that's because of the cutting between the two different. That's really versions. cool, though. Yeah. Another, it's smart. It mm-hmm. is smart. It yeah. is smart. Um. Another thing that I really love about this movie, which I think. Dylan started to touch on but didn't really go into. There are these random cutscenes of them just like kind of like it's almost like reality TV show esque. Like they're like just in front of like a a hand camera, which was dancing, all laughing, masturbating, talking, doing whatever. Like it just weird <laughs> shit, and it just like it really honestly it put like a really creepy undertone on it. Just like because it had nothing to really do with the storyline. It was just like these random cuts, like between scenes and stuff and I, and I just thought that was really interesting. I don't think I've really ever seen that done in a in a horror movie before. No, it was definitely. So, um I, I again, I just am really curious to to where Rob Zombie comes up with all these ideas that he has because he can make a fucking horror movie, man. Like he can make a fucking horror movie. See, I I didn't like those scenes too much. I feel like they were interesting, and I know, Erica, you touched before that it does make it, like, a very, like, a stamp that it is a Rob Zombie movie, but, I don't know, to me, it just, I, I feel like I could have done without them. It made me think of, of, like... They were all shot in Rob Zombie's basement, like, after, after they wrapped the, the movie up, yeah. That's pretty cool, because that means they were there hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Like, they were chilling. I want to meet Rob Zombie really bad. I just think he'd be a really nice guy. You guys have anything else to say about... I mean, I feel like I could say a lot more, but I yeah. do want to, For time's sake, I do want to cut it I don't want to give out too much for people. I want I want people to be able to watch it and still be surprised by a lot of it. This, hands down, is like... You've got to watch it. If you like horror, if you're not too sensitive, check this movie out. If you are sensitive, check it out with somebody who isn't. That'll get your anxiety through the roof. Yeah, sure it will. It's great. Um, if you like anything 
where it focuses on light, lighting and color, um, similar to his movie uh, Lords of Salem, is very similar with its lighting techniques, stuff like that. Um, 1970s horror, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like I'd recommend this to you a thousand times. Ratings? Um, I'm going to give it a 9.7. The exact same thing you gave Lords of Salem. <laughs> I just think it's fantastic, and you know what? Maybe I did give Lords of Salem the same rating, but I thought that movie was fantastic too. I liked it. So they I like I, I honestly I feel like up until like a year and a half ago I was like I'm not a big fan of Rob Zombie, and then like doing this podcast I'm like, what the fuck was I talking about? I'm stupid. <laughs> I love Rob Zombie. I'm not a huge fan of his remakes. They're like I'm not a huge fan of his music. You don't like Dracula. Everybody likes Dracula. What's on. wrong with you? What about that? What's the video with I, all the horses? That he released in like 2005. Ah. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. It was on Fuse like, all the time. I can't do it. I just, I, I, I don't know. I like Rob Zombie. I just think he's cool. I like his dreads. I don't think he has them anymore. Does he? <laughs> I don't know. So you're going with 9.7? 9.7 from Sierra. It's a great movie. Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. For the record, because we had this conversation last week, you gave Lords of Salem a 9.0. Higher than Lords right, of Salem. Sorry. Which I'm actually glad about, because I do like this one. Erica, you gave it a nine. I know I did. Okay. And I'm going... You know what? I do like this one a little bit more than Lords of Salem, too. <laughs> I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a 9.3. Ooh. I, I did, like... I'm going to bandwagon it here, but I, I liked it a little bit more than Lords of Salem, which I gave a nine. I just... it's It's so original, and... Like Sierra touch base on for a new horror movie, and this is anything 2000 and above. So anything in the last 17 years. We're getting old. <laughs> Look at Jesus. Um, it's ama- It's it's great. It's a great movie, and um, I'm gonna say it's in my top. I agree. Uh, I'd wager to say I'm gonna stay with five right now. I'll just say stick. With I'd say five. five or six. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I'll give it. Yeah, that's what I give it. Dylan. He's going to rate it lower than us. Write it down, y'all, so that we don't have to argue about this on future episodes. See, I don't want to jump on the bandwagon of changing scores here. I gave Texas Chainsaw Massacre a 9. I do want to give this a high rating, but I don't want to rate it more than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So for that reason... I feel that we were rating on a different scale then. We've, okay. we've perfected our scale now. I think Let's go back and read. Texas Chainsaw. We have to. So that I can I can get on this bandwagon. Right. We'll name it Texas Chainsaw Revisited. That's a documentary. I'm going to give this movie a 9. Um, Hot damn. What the fuck? I think it was unique. It definitely got my anxiety through the fucking roof, which for that, for a movie to do that. Two weeks in a row, baby. It'll resonate with me for a long time. I, um, it's one of those movies where... I could probably watch it, like, it's one of those movies where I could watch it, like, weekly, probably. Like, I, I don't think I could get sick of this movie. There's just so much going for it, so I'd give it a 9. For an average of? 9.3. We asked you guys what you would rate this film out of 10 on Instagram, and your average was a 7.6. I do want to give a shout-out to Texas Horror Show. Uh, your reviews on both films were really great. Anybody listening, definitely go check out his reviews um 
definitely brought up a lot of stuff that we didn't touch on. So thanks for that, and thank you everybody else who gave an input. We love hearing from you guys. Please have uncovered reads like this. Words can't describe it. Are we here? We are playing on a level that most will never see. You're gonna start the killing. You best start it right here. second movie in the series the devil's rejects which follows the firefly family as they're being they, they're caught by the police at this point and they have an epic shootout right in the beginning of the movie from there they escape by they i mean sherry moon baby and otis escape together the mother gets captured tiny is somewhere else one of their family members gets killed so uh baby and otis are on the run they contact Captain Spaulding, which I didn't realize in the first one, they, it's their dad. Baby's dad, at least. Did, Otis and Baby are brothers. See, they, they say that. I wonder if it's more like she just says that. Or maybe it's like a Manson family thing where they're not really family. Maybe, I'm not sure. But he, he definitely has a special connection with her. But they contact Spaulding. They're like, yo, cops are after us. Meet us at the motel. They meet at the motel, torture family. Yes. Um, they... End up contacting Captain Spaulding's brother. Charlie. Charlie sets them up with the cops. The cops come and get them, tie them back up in the farmhouse, torture them a little bit, light it on fire. They don't die because Tiny, who was hiding out, saves them. And then they die in an epic shootout with the cops at the end. It's the greatest fucking ending in the world. Greatest fucking ending in the world. <laughs> so good. They like they pull up in their car. It's a convertible, top down, and Captain Spaulding and Sherry Moon are sleeping in the back, and Otis is driving, and he stops, and I go, what the fuck? Did it stall out? No. Line of cop cars with guns, right? Free birds. What probably. do they do? Free bird comes on. Free fucking bird comes on, right? What do they do? They fucking stand up, guns blazing, full speed at the cops, and they die a blaze of fucking glory. It was the greatest ending in a movie ever. <laughs> so, you guys ready for ratings? Yeah. <laughs> Are you leaving that in there? Yes. <laughs> so, this movie... This movie is kind of weird for me. I... Watched this movie when it came out. I got it in a DVD pack from Walmart that came bundled with the movie Strangeland starring Dee Snyder. <laughs> um, They're like, we're just going to do a rock and roll theme. Uh, Strangeland's a good movie. I'll give it that. That was a good movie. But Dee Snyder's a fucking smart man. Yeah, that was a good movie. We'll touch on that on another episode. But I watched this movie and I was actually still pretty young when uh, the movie came out and I remember getting it and I didn't know too much about it and I was like, oh cool, this movie looks pretty fucking creepy. I'm gonna give it a watch. And I watched it and I was like, 
what the fuck did I just watch? I feel like this movie ruined my little fucking mind. And my dad actually called me the next day and was like, don't watch that movie. I was like, I already watched it. (laughs) He's like, fuck. (laughs) But the funny thing about this movie is I watched it. When did it come out? 2005? Yes. I watched it in 2005, 12 years ago. Haven't watched it since before doing this episode. I could remember scene for scene the entire movie. It stuck with me. It stuck with me so well to the point where we were watching it and I was quoting it as things were coming on. Like I I was saying what they were about to say. And I watched it 12 fucking years ago. So that I will say it stuck with me. Now, the first time I watched it wasn't really a big fan. Might have been because I was younger. I mean, I wouldn't really say that I was a big fan this time as much as I liked House of a Thousand Corpses. I didn't really look at this as a horror movie. Honestly. I agree. I think it was more of like an outlaw movie. Yeah. I got a very like Bonnie and Clyde yeah. style movie. Which is weird because they're not dating their sisters, their siblings. Um, it's a freaky Thelma and Louise. <laughs> I do want to go into the characters a little bit in this movie because they do show different aspects of the same characters from House of a Thousand Corpses. I feel like they definitely focus on Baby and Otis's relationship in this one. They are fucking brother and sister. Like you can fucking tell because like let me tell you when I'm with my brother Benjamin I'm like fuck you and he's like no fuck you it's horrible it's just like that it's terrible <laughs> just like that actually <laughs> True. that know? was an actual quote <laughs> probably from more than one occasion but Perfect. you know like they, they have like that sibling rivalry and it's almost like um baby wants to be the center of attention you know what I mean and she sucks up to Captain Spaulding who she calls that I don't know if they actually are father daughter I'm not sure how that works, um, but um, she definitely seems to have a father-daughter vibe with him. Maybe a little too close for comfort, in my opinion. It's a little weird, but um, she definitely, like, almost seems from any man. She wants a lot of attention. I feel o- Otis's character, they definitely changed a lot from House of a Thousand Corpses to this, which we mentioned when talking about House of a Thousand Corpses that he was albino. This one, they kind of took that out. They actually completely took that out. I lied about kind of. I think his character develops a lot more in this movie. Um, like I said, in the, the House of Thousand Corpses, I kind of missed a lot of the fucked up things he did. In this one, it's very clear mm-hmm. the fucked up things he does. And he's very mentally, like, he fucks with people too. Like, when he takes the men out from the motel to go find the guns, he's, like, telling, he's like talking about what he's doing to the guy's wife, to the man, and it's like... Like, he yeah. wants him to react. Like, and, and that's the thing, too. It's like, I feel like he doesn't want it to be easy. He doesn't want it to be an easy kill. I feel like he wants to... The challenge of it. Yeah, I think he wants game. to piss them off to have them fight back. Because that's when he was like, all right. Like, when the guy came and hit him uh, with a two-by... Right? Was it a two-by-four? Yeah. He beat him with a two-foot-by-four. And he's like, all right. And he just... Like, that's when he decided, like, okay, I'll kill you. Um, he doesn't... I don't think he likes the easy kill where... And... Um, I think that's that that's an interesting thing to add to his character. It could be a, it could be a sexual thing because I I know that they like a lot of serial killers who like reading on them and Dylan's a big fan. I know a lot of uh, serial killers serial personally. Killers. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, Dylan Dylan's into the the true crime thing too, and they um a lot of them like dominance. Yeah, and it's like it's a sexual thing, and it's like it's mm-hmm. that fight that is. It, the killing is what is is triggering them, no. and it's like that that fight is is probably something that um, I feel like Otis's character. It was such an 
interesting character, I guess, because the things that he does, you fucking hate him. You have to hate him. But at the same time, he has these, like, quirky little lines and stuff to where you can't help but laugh. Like He when almost guy, has an okay personality for like, a killer. Yeah. yeah. Like, when they're walking, when he's walking with the guys in the hotel room, and they're like, well, where are we going? And they're freaking out. And he's like, well, guess there's no harm telling you. And he's like, we're going to go get some guns. And they're like, well, then what? And he's like, well... That's it. That's the end there of the road. There is no what. He says, he says, there is no what. That's the end of the road. That's yeah. the end of the road. That's it. The part that like, made You're me, not going to kill us, are you? The part that made me laugh and smile is just Bill Mosley's face when uh, they get to Charlie's uh, house or whatever. And Charlie's like, are you still an asshole? And he like looks at him for a minute and he does a little like smirk and like flips him off. <laughs> but you, you're like, just for the things that you've seen, especially that motel room scene is very sadistic. And you're like, this guy is fucking scum. And I think that was added to it at the end of the movie where Sierra's like, I want them to die. Why are they escaping? Well, see, that's the thing, too, is uh, that motel scene was a big scene in the movie. But I feel like to the plot, it wasn't that important. But I think to the character development, it was extremely important. That that two minutes were cut out of that from the movie because of how bad it was. And it was still pretty bad. Um, I liked... Um, I like to see Baby's character in this movie a lot, too, because I feel like she took a lot more control in this movie than she had in the last. I feel like um, in House of Thousand Corpses, like I said, she she lures people. In this one, she took a lot of action. I, in this, touching touching base on, on Lords of Salem and just Rob Zombie as a whole, is her as an actress, you can, I really see her development as an actress between those three movies. Mm-hmm. And, and in in House of a Thousand Corpses, she's... Betty Boop. She's very... Well, she's very feminine, but she's, like, ditzy and kind of, like... But she's not. She's just kind of, like... That's how she acts. Yeah, yeah. she's, like, showing... I she's kind of like that wanting attention. From yes. And, and it's more like she wants that attention, but it's, like, in her head, it's what she thinks, like, men want. Mm-hmm. And then you see her in in the in Devils, and she's like, she's kind of past that, and now it's like, okay, well, I don't want to show you like, I want to show you what I am as far as like, I'm uh, something to be feared. She still does it too at parts, of, especially with Roy. Her, where yeah, she's like, but I, I, think, I think it's, it's her a lot way of less. having control. I think it, I think I don't think she actually sincerely is like that. I think that it's her way of having control over a situation. Yeah. She uses a men's a man's weakness, which I'm not saying all men are weak in that way. Like not all men are gonna be like, Oh hey baby. But, you know, she does use certain men's Sex appeal. against them because she's you look at her and she's gorgeous. She is, she's beautiful. Like you go, Rob Zombie, good for you, man. But like, she's beautiful. And the guy Roy is an old older guy and she's like i bet all the ladies want you she said it a lot dirtier than i just did because i'm not a pervert (laughs) but um you know i think that she uses she really tries to use that sex appeal against them and let's look can we talk about her pants for a second there's like literal holes in her butt like literal holes cut out of the butt of her pants she's brave (laughs) she's brave texas what are you doing? Yeah. So, uh, ratings. All the ratings. Um, one thing that I didn't like so much about this, and I guess it makes sense. Um, I love the whole plot in House of a Thousand Corpses with Doctor Satan, and that was completely taken out for this movie. And I feel like for that, along with some other reasons, and even the tone of the movie in general, it doesn't feel like a sequel to me. 
originally, I guess there was a subplot that involved Dr. Satan that was taken out. Rob Zombie said, I think the quote was like, to have Dr. Satan in The Devil's Rejects would be like if you had Chewbacca and Bonnie and Clyde. It just wouldn't fit in the movie. Um, I, I, I want to say, I feel like that's not a good... Analogy, yeah. necessarily. Like, like I, I, I feel like it would be like... I do, I it do. doesn't make any sense because Dr. Satan is in that series, so that's I do, not a good enough. I agree, though. though I, just, I feel like it, as much as I would like more it of that It wasn't about tone, Dr. Satan. It, it was wasn't, about the family. Yeah, it wouldn't have fit in the movie. Mm-hmm. But I would have... Over this movie, I would have preferred the same tone or style as House of the Thousand mm-hmm. Corpses. I think my favorite character in the movie was Wydell, the cop that was after them. Mm-hmm. I feel like they developed his character so well. Like, he was trying to get revenge because the family killed his dad. And it's just his their... brother. Was it his brother? It was his older brother. There are certain scenes, though, like, for example, when he's sitting in the mirror and he's, like, practicing what he's going to say to Captain Spaulding. Like, I feel like that was he such... gets it right, too. I feel like that was such a big scene because it's, like, that's how dedicated he is. That's all that he cared about was catching these this family. I feel that the family almost corrupted him. I, yeah, I can see because that. Because he definitely went a little sadistic with... A lot of sadistic with everything he did, which I understand, like, they killed your, your brother... They're very, very nasty people, but he definitely did not follow any protocols at all with this. Well, he said it, though. He said that his family has always been vigilantes, and he tried to walk the line of the law, and it just didn't work for him. And, I mean, honestly, you have this family that's done all this fucked up sadistic stuff, and... I feel like it's such a great scene, too, where he has them tied up, and he's showing them, like, their victims' photos, like... This was oh, that was that was a fucking cool, th- and they were claiming them, and they're like, "That one's mine," and like yeah. they were like proud of it. They don't even feel bad. But that, then he shows them their mom, and he's like, "And, that, oh, and that's this when is you mine. see These that they do have emotion, yeah." Yeah, and uh, that, at least baby. After that part, though, he lets baby go, and he's chasing her. And Sira said it, and I was thinking, this is what I was talking about earlier in the episode was, it was so cool to see the villains of the movie become. The victims. the victims. Yeah, that that kind of switch up is it definitely. Was, it was such a unique. Too. Yeah, it was such a unique thing because you kind of have this like you're rooting for the person hunting, rather than like oh yeah Wait. they're gonna come on escape like you can do it like no it's the opposite you're like fucking kill them they're fucking evil but at the same time you're kind of like that's the thing that pissed me off about what he did. He lit the house on fire and walked away. Like, dude, these are sadistic killers. You you should you should make sure that they are not in a place where they're going to be able to hurt anybody else. Instead, you didn't do that. I think because you, point. at this point, you were so sadistic and all you cared about was revenge that you really let the whole point of it go. I feel like it was really pointless to have Charlie come back and save Baby because, like, he and just dies right away and then Tiny comes and really saves them. Yeah. So it's like... Was there really a point? Do you think to... Tiny survived? No, he walked into the house and the house blew up. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot yeah. it blew up. They they even said like right, like he he's like about to walk back in and they're like we'll come back for you. Yeah. Like no no you ain't. Not <laughs> happening. It's okay. not happening. Can we please talk about the end scene? Please 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 please. It was please, badass. Please. I will oh say my it god. Is okay. I don't even like Leonard Skinner that much. Like yeah, right? but like they're in Texas. They're listening to Leonard Skinner. They're all beat up. They are breathing easy. Like, we got away. They're sleeping, except Otis, who's driving. That would be dangerous. And they just, they're, they're driving, and it's just showing all these, like, really long, winding roads, which I don't think really makes sense. It's Texas. No, but it, I, it, it set the scene so well. 
Like, it gives you this, like, set to me anyway. It gave me, like, a sense of, like, well, like relief. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, you think it. Yeah, you think that they're going to get, that they're, they're, they're yes, there's going to be another one. There's going to be another movie. And then it stops. And, and like I said before, I immediately, I was like, did they run out of gas? Like, is there something in the road? Like, what's going on? And then it shows literally, what, like, 15, 12, 15 cop cars, cops, like, ready to go. Yeah, it's, like, and wide open. And Otis is sitting there, and he's just staring, and it's almost like he doesn't know what he's going to do. And he taps Baby, and he taps um, Captain Spaulding, and he starts handing guns back. And it's like, right then and there, you think the cops would start shooting. But I like that they don't, because what happens next is my favorite part, is when they kind of all look at each other, and they're like, fuck. And then they start smiling and laughing, they're like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to die. We know it, but we're not. We're not just gonna go out. No, you know and I mean? it's just like. And it's like they're driving, and it's all in slow motion when it happens. I'm like literally getting goosebumps describing this scene. It's so weird. Um, but baby stands up in the back of the car, and Captain Spaulding, and you just see Otis, and he slams on the gas, and she's shooting, 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 and they're they're all doing it, and you just see like the bullets hitting them, and they're going back and back. And it's just like, oh my god, and it's in slow motion. You can see them like being jolted up and down by but being it was hit filmed, by the first off it was just filmed so well oh my god like it that was. it was like it a was... season finale of a tv show like sons of anarchy <laughs> yeah when, i won't ruin that ending but that that scene was oh my god like literally and i'm not saying in horror movies i'm saying in movies, movies in general, in general yes. that was the greatest ending i think my brain could ever conceive <laughs> thank you rob zombie for that film perfection because that's what it is it's beautiful it's there's slow motion, there's Leonard Skinner, there's everything. There's everything. Everything. The music selection for this, and well, the, the series in it's general, just so was fitting. so fitting. Mm-hmm, it just, it fit. Like, because we, we've covered some movies where we've talked about, like, that's the how music. Ben wants to go and out. How the music, like, it fit the movie, and, like, some of them we were like, D- I don't know what they were thinking with this. Mm-hmm. And, like, for me, I, I like a good soundtrack. I like. You know, like, I like that buildup. And I this, it was just, it was awesome. Without having, like, because obviously, like, with, with like, the Jason movies, they, they have that, that coined, like, noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. So, you know Everybody what I mean? Argues. And, like, you just, you have in your head what that is. And it, it, for this, it was, like, it was cool to see it, but, like, there's... There's actual like music the that second to go with it. The literal second that you hear Freebird come on, like you know, you know the opening to it, like that. Yeah, as soon as you hear it, it's like, oh, this is gonna be fucking cool. Um, I honestly, I think that this movie was fantastic. I think it was a great way to add to the characters. Um, I agree with Dylan where it doesn't have as much of a horror feel to me. It's more like a banded outlaw movie with like molestation in it, which is weird. Um. I think one of the strongest scenes in this movie was probably the motel scene and the ending scene, which you heard me gush about twice already. I'm not going to get into it again. Honestly, Rob Zombie, again, such a unique unique idea. Great way to end the story with the Firefly family. Which I don't understand. I don't understand. Rob Zombie's floating to these DMs. I don't understand the... I would uh, die if he did. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I don't understand the post... Everybody falls for it on Facebook. The link is like, Rob Zombie announces third film in Firefly. I'm like, they died at the end of Devil's Rejects. How do you he make said straight up that he's not making another one, that their story's dead. But you know what, though? Technically, I'm assuming they're dead. 
they all got shot to shit, but it doesn't show them dead. I would, maybe if they went back to, like, Dr. Satan, Dr. Satan brings them back, and it does goes back to the House of a Thousand Corpses esque thing, I would like to see some crazy, like, Prometheus, for example. Is it a prequel? No. Well, yeah, Prometheus was a prequel, but they tried to hide the fact that it was an alien movie. Maybe if Rob Zombie made another movie and there's, like, a supernatural aspect going on to it and you find out at the end, boom, Dr. Satan brought back the Firefly family. Firefly family. Some crazy shit like that. Um, I think it could happen. I mean, I think that there's there's enough... Lore? Yeah, but there's, like, there's like enough, like, meat to the stories that you could definitely, like... I feel like people would like to see more from them. I don't think I would, honestly. I think that Devil's Rejects was a good idea. I, I for said it. people, not you. I am so curious to see what she rates us. I really am. <laughs> like, I'm biting at the bit here because I'm like, I'm so curious. I just want to hear what you do. You want to get it. into ratings? Um, hold on. There is a line. I'm trying to think of what it is that Otis. What's the line that I am the devil and I'm here to do the devil's work? Yeah. I love. I love. Not the line. The line isn't that inspirational. It's kind of just like really. Fucked up, but I love del- that. That was my senior quote. The delivery. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the delivery of that line. It's actually excellent. like a twisted version of something from the Manson Murders. Um, I like it. The line itself is creepy, but the context that it's in, because he's talking to Roy before he kills him, and he's, he's like, "I want pray, you to pray to pray. any of your gods," or, and Roy's and praying. He's like, "Oh." I can feel lightning. it. Yeah, <laughs> I can feel it. I, I'm sorry, God. I repent. And then he's like, and then he like looks down at him, like yeah. he, like he looks down and he has like this slight smirk on his face, and he's like, I am the devil, and I do the devil's work. And I'm like, oh fuck, that was good. That's a good line. That was it a good is. line. Like the line itself wasn't great. The delivery of the line yeah. was not great. Agreed. Um, let's uh, move on to ratings. Okay. So, so stoked for this. The ending has a 10, but the whole movie, I'm going to give it a 9.3. I did like House of a Thousand Corpses a little bit more. A little bit more. Rob Zombie, if you're going to slide into the DMs, ask for Sierra, not Dylan. He hates you. I don't hate Rob Zombie. Don't lie. Get um, I want to give it a 9.3. I think it's a really fantastic movie. Um, I still like the storyline of House of a Thousand Corpses, which is those few point zero points, you know? Um... This movie, um, we're a horror movie podcast, so I feel like I do have to rate it lower due to the fact that it isn't necessarily horror. Um, I think that's really all I have to say. I recommend it a thousand times. Um, Rob Zombie's a very unique, creative director and writer. Um, I, I can't wait to see what else he does. Um, we still haven't watched 31, which I'm really excited to check out. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no, absolutely. If you are a horror fan and you have not seen this, check it out. If you have seen it, watch it again and again and again and again. I'm just going to jump right in there. I'm going to give it an 8.9. I thought you said you liked this more than House of a Thousand Corpses. Is it one of those things where you thought you did until you rewatched? Yes. 8.9, you said? Yeah. Okay. And, okay, so I, I like that overall I liked Lords of Salem more than, than this. I... And it's just because, as a whole, there's just so many strong points of, of um, Lords of Sound that I really liked. And I, discussing it with you guys, and just kind of, like, really thinking about it. And I, I think, it, for me, like, discussing with you guys, like, just shooting the shit and not actually, like... Because when, we when we do this, we watch the movies. Most of the time, we watch most of them together. 
But then we'll, like, kind of, like, back and forth shoot the shit, but we don't get too deep into it because mm-hmm. we want to save it so that everything that you guys are hearing is, Absolutely. like, it's natural and it's, like, you guys are hearing it Sometimes as, it's really hard not it. to be like, oh, my God. Sarah, yeah. Sarah has been doing it a lot more lately, but every time we watch a movie, as soon as, like, the second it ends, she's like, what are you going to rate that one? And I'm yeah. like, I'm not fucking, t- I tell her every week, I'm not going to fucking tell you. <laughs> well, that's, that's how I feel. So, like, talking with you guys, like, if you would have asked me the same question, like. A week ago? Yeah, or even, even before then, I would have definitely said Devil's Rejects above House of a Thousand Corpses. And the reason being is because of, the fact that I didn't at the time care so much for the supernatural aspect of house talking about it in the sense of a true horror movie though house of a thousand corpses to me is what I think of as a true horror movie. Are there parts of devil's rejects that are stronger than a house of a thousand corpses? Absolutely. The ending ending, by far. I, the motel scene I think was just, it just shows a, a level of depravity that while House of a Thousand Corpses was fucked up, it was it was a different level. And it, it's because, again, what Rob, going back to what Dylan said about Rob Zombie, is that he's showing you things that that happen. Like, these are real, real things that humans do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that while I still think it's a solid movie, it's definitely a solid movie. Um it's more, like you said, more of like an outlaw film as a, as opposed to a horror film. It does have its horror aspects to it, obviously. Um, it definitely has a, a true crime feel to it. Um, it. And it's a strong fucking movie. It really is. And it's, it's a Rob Zombie movie, you can tell. And I think that, and I'm just going out on a limb here, I think that Dylan, you probably like this one a little bit more. Because it, rejects. yeah. Because it lacks... And I'm just guessing here because it lacks that psychedelic feel. And that's something that I definitely, I felt like it didn't have that kind of like signature, that psychedelic feel like you got in House of a Thousand Corpses or that you got in, in Lords of Salem. And, and I, I love it. I highly recommend it. I think it's an awesome movie, but going horror movie on a horror movie basis, I'm going to give it an 8.9. I think that House of a Thousand Corpses was a little bit stronger of a horror movie. I think Mm -hmm. that, and this is me talking it through with you guys and actually like really thinking about it. I think that while I I wasn't too keen on that supernatural aspect at first, to me, it was more of a horror movie. It definitely, it gave me more of that anxiety. It was, it was just different. And then I feel that Lords of Salem kind of hits that middle ground there. So uh, I haven't seen 31 either, so I'm, I'm excited to see it and I'll probably end up watching it with you guys because that's my life. (laughs) Anyway. All right. I am fully prepared to be torn down by the horror community. I'm going to rate this movie a 6.8. Whoa! God damn! <laughs> I mean, there's parts to it that I love. Like we what said, What would the, you rate the ending? The ending was amazing. Like you said, not even in horror. It was one of the best scenes ever. But the movie itself, I mean, I think it did a great job building up characters, not just with the Firefly family, but with Wydell, like I had said. Like, I love that building on characters. I Some of the... I like, I think it's cool how I watched this movie 12 years ago and watching it again, I, like, even before we watched it, I could tell you scene for scene everything that was going to happen. I could tell you specific lines from the movie. The whole, like, over-the-top 60s 
sadism that is shown by the family. I don't really enjoy watching that kind of stuff. And again, I don't really look at this as a horror movie. So I've been really kind of like digging in my brain, thinking about what I wanted to rate it for the last couple days because we've been rating everything on a horror scale and it was a totally different kind of movie. But there were things that I like about it. I mean, I feel like a 6.8 isn't a very low rating. I've rated things a lot lower. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go 6.8. Which brings us to an average rating of... 8.3. 8.3. I think that's very fair. I think that's really fair, too. All right, and the Instagram average rating for this film was a 9.1. Thank you guys so much for listening tonight. Remember to check out our Instagram and Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast and... Uh, Check out our schedule on horrorhavenmedia.com. Tune in next week. We'll be covering the movies The Fly and Reanimator. Have a good night. Good night. Good night.